It's 10 minutes now after 8 p.m. Uh, you tuned in to a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, it's our tech conversations. And um, yesterday, Communications Minister Stellan Dabini Abrahams announcing the release of the Fourth Industrial Revolution Commission's report uh, for public uh, participation and deliberation. And uh, this comes after a cabinet last month approved the report, which was handed to the president in August. And uh, the report identifies eight key priorities that are an important part uh, uh, of, um, I guess, the technological landscape that the country should be focusing on, both for the government and also for the private sector as well as civil society. I'm joined now on the line by Deputy Chair of the Presidential Commission on the Fourth Industrial Revolution and UJ's Vice-Chancellor and Principal, uh, Professor Chilizi Marwala. Prof, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, uh, good evening uh, and to you and to your listeners. Prof, I guess a good starting point for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with uh, what the Presidential Commission on the 4IR is and some of the work that you do. Uh, maybe just explain that briefly before we get to uh, the release of uh, the uh, uh, Commission's report uh, for public engagement and deliberation. Well, the fourth industrial revolution is a, a technological revolution that is changing all aspects of our lives, whether it is uh, our own identity, whether it is our physical spaces, whether it is also uh, our, our, our economy and our industries. So it is changing um, the, the, the world as we know it. Uh, and it is important for us uh, as a society to come up with a plan that is going to make sure that we do not become victims of these changes that are going on. One of the things that actually worries us is that uh, uh, we import um, electronic goods such as uh, phones and so on and so forth. And the reason is because we do not necessarily have the, technolo the technological know-how to be able to manufacture these things here in South Africa. So the Fourth Industrial Revolution Commission is supposed to position South Africa so that it can be an active participant with, uh, 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 with regards to all these developments that are ha happening in the technological mm. space. Yeah. You, you've identified, I guess, in your deliberations, um, eight key priorities that you think the country should be focusing on, should prioritize, uh, uh, not only just for government, but all other social partners uh, who no doubt will be affected, as we've seen with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, by advances in the world of technology. Talk us through some of those priorities, and maybe a good start might be, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the focus on artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously, the, the, the first uh, recommendation is on human capacity development, on mm. uh, so that our, our human human beings or our people can be able to understand these technologies. The second uh, recommendation is to establish the National Artificial Intelligence Institute that is going to focus on application of artificial intelligence to agriculture, to medicine, to manufacturing, to defense, and so on and so forth. The third recommendation is about reindustrializing our country. The reason why our country has deindustrialized is because we have not invested in the technologies of production. And the technologies of production are actually fourth industrial revolution technology. Then we have issues around data, because without data, your artificial intelligence is not going to be very intelligent. Mm. It, it, data is actually the food that this algorithm actually uh, use in order to be uh, able to understand the world and, 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 and participate into the world. Uh, in fact, there is uh, a statement, data is the new oil. 
So we, we need to have recommendation around data. We need to avail data so that our small and medium uh, enterprises can be able to take this data, take our artificial intelligence algorithm, and build a system that works. For example, if, if we make uh, health data available, uh, so a small um, uh, business uh, entity can be able to create an artificial intelligence algorithm that will be able to look into X-ray images and make diagnosis even better than human doctors. Then there is a recommendation around incentives. How do you incentivize our businesses to adopt these technologies? Is it the tax breaks? Is it, is it the special economic zones? And then we have a recommendation around infrastructure. Without key infrastructure, we are not going to succeed. The issue of spectrum is very, very important. Uh, uh, the issue of connectivity, the issue of computing infrastructure, you can buy the cloud. Cloud computing is a very uh, uh, popular thing to do now. And then we have recommendations around the laws because you have this fourth industrial revolution uh, 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 companies that are operating in South Africa, but they're operating above all laws. An example is mm. Airbnb. Airbnb operates in South Africa, but because it does not have an office, and it operates from the cloud. It does not pay any taxes. So we have to look at uh, all our laws to make sure that they, they promote uh, 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 investment into fourth industrial revolution. And then the last one... Yeah, is Prof. That, I think, sure. Yeah. The last no, no, I was saying, please go ahead. Uh, the, the last one is, is, is really about implementation. We have talked for too long. Now it is the time to implement so that we can deal with the problems of unemployment inequality and poverty. Mm. You, you made an interesting point, uh, um, you know, a few sentences ago, Prof, around the critical part of the data. And if you, you don't have enough people uh, connecting or having access to the kind of, um, you know, connectivity that defines uh, this current age, uh, you're probably not going to get the kind of data that allows you to, to leverage the exponential advances that have happened in technology. I, I'm quite interested in your view on this idea of data sovereignty and how we are able to at least equitably benefit from some of the data, uh, both from a user perspective and elsewhere, that has been generated in South Africa, uh, because there are people who are already commercializing it and making uh, a significant amount of money outside of this country without, uh, I guess, uh, us not getting the money back in taxes or even uh, any real benefit sharing uh, uh, with South African citizens. Absolutely. That is the reason why we need to, to reject our laws. Uh, uh, we know who are the biggest beneficiaries from South African data. It is Facebook, it is Google, it is Twitter, mm. it is Apple. Uh, the, the big companies that you know, uh, 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 our people are, are voluntarily giving away their data. Uh, so once the data leaves and goes to Silicon Valley, we, 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 we do not have control of it. So it is important that before it leaves, we measure how much data it is, is being extracted. And because it is being extracted for commercial purposes, then you can be able to price it and, uh, and, 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 and tax it appropriately. I think that is very, very important. Of course, people will say, no, I, I have the right as an individual to give Facebook my data. Of course, uh, it is a transaction. Facebook uh, uh. gives you their, their platform. Uh, and an account, and you give them your data. Now, without regulation, that exploitation is going to continue. And the way it is continuing, products that are going to be made, for example, if you buy an iPhone now, it has uh, a face recognition algorithm. That face recognition mm. 
uh, 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 is, is actually created by using artificial intelligence and data that was collected in platforms such as Facebook and so on and so forth. And they send it back to you. Uh, it is priced in, in, in the price of, uh, of, 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 of the, uh, the iPhone that you buy. And it is you, you generated the data. What do you get out of it except an mm. account? So, mm. so these are the issues that uh, our regulators the same way must deal with. Sure, sure. Prof, I want us to pause here for a second and take a quick spot break. But when we come back, we'll continue on the score. And uh, I want you to tell us a bit more about one of the other key pillars, which is around advanced manufacturing. Uh, certainly people saying uh, 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 that even vehicles now can be made and uh, digitally printed in 3D form. And uh, certainly South Africa, I guess, would want to be not only just ahead of that curve, but also benefit from that as well. We'll continue with our tech conversations after this. It's our Tech Conversations here on Metro FM Talk, and uh, we're in conversation this evening with Professor Chilitz Marala, uh, Deputy Chair of the Presidential Commission on the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and uh, the Vice-Chancellor and Principal at the University of Johannesburg. Now, Prof, one of the critical and, uh, I guess, priority areas that uh, you've identified is around advanced manufacturing. And I guess for some of us who might not be initiated in these matters, what is that, and I guess what is the benefit of that in the context of all of these advances that we're talking about? Well, manufacturing is basically the making of things. Uh, in the mm. 80s, we used to make shoes, we used to make clothes. So uh, when, I was going to, when I was still at school, the shoes that I would wear would have been made in South Africa. Today, none of that is made in South Africa. Why? The reason is because we are no longer competitive. Why? What does it mean not to be competitive? It basically means that it is cheaper to import shoes from China than to make mm. them in South Africa. And that is a concern. Now, how do, we, uh, how do we make ourselves competitive? We need to identify what are some of the reasons why uh, we are not competitive. One of the reasons is because we have not invested in the technology of production. If you go to shoemaking factories in Asia, you will realize that it is automated. Robots are involved and so mm. on. If you don't have these robots, then you're not going to be competitive. So that is called advanced manufacturing. It is called advanced manufacturing because it is not only just human beings who are producing these shoes or these phones. It is human beings plus machines that are intelligent. They are intelligent because they have artificial intelligence. So now, we, when we say we need to... Uh, establish capability in advanced manufacturing so that we can re-industrialize as a country is precisely to make ourselves competitive. Mm -hmm. What are the mechanisms of making ourselves uh, um, uh, uh, infusing the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution? We have already talked about 3D printing. 3D printing is now a very, very much important part of manufacturing. Invest in it, adopt it in our factories. You need to use intelligent robots uh, that are powered by artificial intelligence. Um, again, uh, if you go to, uh, uh, to, to, to the automotive uh, industry in South Africa, where we assemble cars, you will see that much of the work is also done by robots. We need mm. to invest in such technologies in other areas, such as shoemaking, uh, clothes making, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you mention it like that, and I think about it in the context of our broader national system of innovation. 
you, where you've got the universities, you've got the scientific centers and institutions, you've got, uh, you know, the DFIs who should assist in the commercialization of some of the things that we're talking about, when, uh, or in instances where they originate from South Africa. One of the things that you've spoken to is that you want the department to be, or the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies, uh, to, to be embedded within a coordinated approach um, that ensures that we execute efficiently. What does that look like when you think about the current institutions within that national system of innovation? Well, we have world-class institutions. If you look at some of the work that is being done at the CSIR, it's absolutely world-class. Mm. If you look at uh, the work that is being done in some of our universities, it's absolutely world-class. You can just go and check on the registry of patents in the United States uh, how many U.S. patents are being awarded to people in South Africa. We actually realize that we are producing knowledge. The problem that comes in South Africa is the commercialization stage. While knowledge mm. is produced, how do we scale it up uh, to production? We have not been good at it, even when we have prototypes. Now everybody is talking about an electric car. But we had a jewel, a car, a prototype. Uh, uh, but the car, the, 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 the jewel uh, 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 company actually uh, closed in 2012. And now mm. everybody is talking about uh, uh, electrical cars. We had our own domestic electrical car, fully developed, tested in our roads. But because yes. the market, that commercialization uh, end is very difficult for us. Uh, why is it difficult for us? Some of it is because of venture capital. The fact that uh, our venture capital uh, capital uh, markets are not are, are not they don't take risks as much as venture mm. capitals uh, capitalists in in Silicon Valley, for example. That you know that is one of the examples. The, what is, that is one of the the the, 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 the bottleneck. The second bottleneck is the size of our market. Now, if you have a jewel like that, uh, that that car called the jewel. For you to actually recoup your your uh, uh, your your cost that you have invested, you probably will have to sell millions. You know, if you are living in a country like United States with a population of 300 million people, many of whom use cars, then you have the market. Mm. If you are living you have in the China volume, with yeah. 1.3 billion people, you have the market. If you are living in South Korea, they don't have a domestic market that can sustain that industry. So they, it is focused on export, you know. Mm. Uh, they, they export most of the goods they produce. Here in South Africa, we have only 60 million people. I think Africa is our bucket. The rest of the African continent, sure. with its one point, uh, almost 1.3 billion people, is our market. It's a difficult market to penetrate uh, because uh, much of, of, of north of Limpopo River uh, is actually a cash economy, which basically means... You can only buy a car if you have all the money you need to do that. As a result, you limit the number of people you can be able to afford. And I think uh, as we create this market, we have to, 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 to bear in mind that it is important to put the financial systems into place so that you can be able to exploit uh, the market mm. in its uh, fullness. What becomes the role of the government in that sense? I mean, as, a, as you're suggesting there, a market maker, not just in the financial sense of creating uh, the incentives for both um, those who want to commercialize it and even the end consumer to adopt the product uh, as it comes from South Africa. What becomes the role of the state in that sense? No, I, I think the state has a great deal of, of role to play. 
One of it is actually to regulate the market. Uh, mm. uh, we are the country, we are the only country that basically import and export without any form of, uh, of, 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 of a, a regulatory framework. I mean, mm. if you go to Japan, you will realize that, uh, or United States, you know, agricultural products uh, are, are limited. You can't just import and export, you know. Uh, uh, certain types of, uh, of technologies have to be sourced from inside, you know. So, so, so the role of government is, to, is basically to create an environment that is going to incubate these ideas until they have become, uh, until they become uh, commercially viable. I think that mm. is very, very important. You know. yeah, uh, secondly, yeah, yeah. government must be able to, uh, to open the market, especially the rest of the African market. I don't think uh, 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 a business can be able to open the market on its own. And we know what has happened to companies, South African companies, in the rest of the African continent. I understand ShopRite is actually uh, uh, withdrawing from, from Nigeria. Uh, part of mm. the reason is because uh, 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 the, the government and businesses are not working together. We know very well that uh, when the President of the United States visits, let's say China, that his delegation is full of people who are there to sell stuff to the Chinese or to the Germans or to, or to the Brazilians. So our, our, our entire foreign policy must also be grounded on trade. Foreign policy mm. must facilitate trade. It sure. must understand what is available in South Africa and where can we be able to sell it. And the ambassador there must actually be the chief marketer of the mm. products that come from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Last question, Prof, before I let you go. Uh, as a commission, you've also spoken about re-industrializing re the electronics industry uh, as, a, as a way of getting us to use, you know, local smartphones, local tablets and everything else that is produced here, even TV sets. Talk to us about that briefly and how I guess that fits into some of the foreign policy, trade policy and uh, I guess industrial policy links that uh, you've just outlined. I mean, look, the, the electronic uh, uh, revolution is basically the third industrial revolution. Uh, it never yes. really caught, uh, 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 caught, up, uh, caught up in South Africa. Yeah, we did some electronics, uh, but we, we don't have our, our own phones. We don't have mm. our own televisions. We tried. If in, the, in, the, in the 70s, apparently, there were, there, there, there were South African television sets and so on and so forth. Um, uh, we imported all these things. So what we are saying is that once you import things instead of producing them, you are effectively exporting jobs to wherever you are importing from. So mm. it is time for us to adopt, I call this manufacturing 2030. Okay, maybe I copied it a little bit from the Chinese. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, manufacturing 2025, their strategy, that is the source of a dispute between the United States and China where they are moving up sure. uh, the, the, the value chain the value in terms chain. of advanced and yeah. so, uh, so, 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 so that's basically what we want to do. We want to create an environment where the electronic industry will also uh, find a home in South Africa. Okay. Prof, 
we'll have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but always a pleasure catching up with you. And uh, we certainly hope that from time to time we can check in with yourselves to just hear the latest on the progress of the work of the Presidential Commission. But thank you very much. No, thank you very much, uh, Ayabonga and uh, your listeners. Thank you very much. That there was Professor Chilidza Marala. He is the uh, Vice Chancellor and Principal at the University of Johannesburg and also Deputy uh, Chair of the Presidential Commission on the Fourth Industrial Revolution.